1: Welcome into the bottom line. News Radio 610 Kona. It's Thursday afternoon. Robinette hanging with you. Warm Thursday afternoon. Beautiful day.
2: First day of spring.
1: Yeah, first day of spring. We will update everybody on the latest information regarding uh, coronavirus in the area. But before we do that, uh, we want to talk with Sean Davis uh, with Franklin County Emergency Management. Good afternoon to you, Sean. How are you?
3: hey, I'm doing pretty good, a little under the weather, but this nice day makes it so much better.
1: Absolutely, it does. So, Sean, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that... There have been a lot of press conferences from the governor, and there have been steps that have been taken at the state level to try and encourage uh, people to do certain things. With that, of course people start to ask questions about certain levels of preparedness or certain things uh, that may wind up taking place. So right now, as far as Franklin County Emergency Management is concerned, and I'm sure many of the other emergency management uh, county units around the state, what are some of the things that you are looking at and tracking right now in regards to what's going on with the coronavirus?
3: Okay, that's a good question. So right now for emergency management, a lot of people don't realize we're the conduit for uh the first responders in um, the hospitals as well as ben franklin health district to put in requests for masks for you know ppe type stuff personal protective wear that the first responders and nurses and them use and so that's one of the big things we're tracking uh the requests just like all the rest of the systems everyone can see shelves are empty um everything is stressed right now the hospitals are running low on some supplies Um, so they ask us to ask the state for more equipment and so then it kind of rolls up to the national level it's gotten that serious because this pandemic is all across the united states so it's kind of rare we have an incident like this that stresses one specific industry so hard but that's what we're going through right now and so that's one of our main things we look at is the personal protective equipment for the first responders and the nurses that are helping the sick people.
1: So what, in the context that you've had, Sean, what are what are some of the difficulties right now? Uh, we know we've heard about shortages um, with certain aspects of equipment. We know that uh, there have been some steps to take to try to alleviate that by by creating more manufacturing aspects domestically. Um, where, where are things sitting right now as far as shortages, and is that difficulty easing a little bit?
3: Um, so there are shortages. Uh, I'll just be blunt and direct with you on this, on uh, testing kits, as well as, the, uh, as I mentioned, the... Um, protective equipment for the first responders and the nurses at the hospitals. So they're going through that stuff because, you know, I'm a parent as well. If my kids were sick, I'd want to make sure that they go in and get checked. But we need to be a little more prudent and start kind of, do we really need to go in? Because the uh, responders and the hospitals and nurses are just burning through gowns and gloves because they don't want to spread the contamination for someone that comes in. You know, they may or may not have a, a virus, and so they have to get rid of the, whatever they're wearing with each person. And so they're really going through that stuff right now.
1: We're talking with Sean Davis of Franklin County Emergency Management here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 at KONA. So I would imagine, Sean, that most of the, the edicts coming down regarding equipment is they're going from most impacted areas first and then working their way down?
3: Yeah, that, that's kind of the uh, state health department and local health department's roles. But, yeah, you're exactly right. They're going to the, the areas that were first impacted, and then they have a prioritization schedule. You know, of course, hospitals, first responders, those type of deals are going to be uh, tier ones, and then they'll go into to smaller, you know, areas. But, yeah, they have a system where they're prioritizing the equipment since it's uh, in such high demand and low availability right now.
1: We're talking with Sean Davis, Franklin
2: County Emergency Management, here on The Bottom Line. Now, Mr. Davis, uh, how much uh, coordination, because this is a statewide effort, how much of it has to go through uh, the state you mentioned in the health department, and how much of it can you uh, coordinate on your own, say, with other counties, uh, you know, Benton County or Yakima County or anything like that?
3: Well, in it. usually that's what we would do but this is a, kind of a unique situation since we're all kind of in the same exact uh need situation so uh, that, this is where the overall state response works very well that each county kind of gets all their resources submitted to one agency which would be emergency management then we bump it up to the state level and they try and figure out if they can acquire some of the the needs and if not, then they'll go to the federal government for the strategic national stockpile. So it's kind of hard to to look at the neighbors on an event like this. Uh, we're really comfortable doing that, but this is so outside of the normal operations that it, it's a bigger event and a bigger draw on the public resources than we've ever seen.
2: At what point uh, or does uh, your role expand uh, in a situation like this, uh, meaning Emergency management, to me, is managing an emergency. If we if we see an upgrade in the situation in the state of Washington, of course, people are jumping to all kinds of conclusions from, you know, state lockdown and, and all that other things. At what point do, do, does the emergency management team, yours and the other county agencies, need to go to that next level?
3: Well, we, we're kind of... Right in between making that big jump, uh, as you can tell with this virus, it's starting to ramp up. I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with the bell curve, but think of a bell. We're kind of on the left side at the bottom of it, and I think infections and testing and everything is just going to increase. And so um, there's no, like, magic wand to say that we've reached that point, but we're definitely uh, trying to get ahead of the power curve on this. We have our state conference call. Every day at 1130, every county, every jurisdiction is on there every day talking with the state EOC, reconfirming our needs and our resources we've requested, getting any updates back and forth. They're trying to see what our needs are, and we're trying to see, you know, what we can get the state to provide us. And so that happens every day. Uh, locally, the three, four counties, we are sharing our reports and our our situations with each other and trying to help each other out as much as possible. Um, So we're kind of leaning towards that way. But like I said, there's no real magic wand that says we're there. It it will kind of, I think, just evolve as the, the cases start getting
1: more plentiful.
2: Now we're talking with Sean Davis from the Franklin County Emergency Management here on the Bottom Line News Radio six ten K O N A.
1: So Sean, of course, there's a lot of people that are wondering what the next steps are going to, going to be. Um, some people thought yesterday in the governor's press conference he was going to discuss uh, some time of a some type of a shutdown or a shut in situation or a shelter in. Uh, that we've seen happen in California. If something like that comes to pass, what role would Franklin County Emergency Management and the other emergency Manage- management units play?
3: Boy, that that one would be uh, kind of hard to speculate on. We we've never actually even done that. We haven't. We do a lot of exercises in preparation, but we've never really considered that type. Uh, you're aware we do the emergency alert system as well as code red systems to send out information. I think more than anything, we would probably uh, end up being a conduit for the people, have a, a phone number where they can call into not just for flu uh, issues or coronavirus issues, but more for personal health needs issues or that type of stuff. So I, I kind of think that's where our our role with emergency management would evolve
1: if that makes sense. It does. And if, and if, for example, something like that, and we're just talking worst-case scenarios here, hypotheticals to kind of give people an idea, would the state or would emergency management uh, agencies be urged to create a new uh, alert that would be broadcast to the communities to make them aware of that particular situation and what is entailed in it?
3: Yeah, and most definitely. And I don't even know if it would even to be a new alert because we have what is designated as a civil emergency, and that can be activated through the federal government, through the president. Uh, the governor can do it for a statewide one, and we can do it locally. So, yeah, there may be something that is requested to put out the information that way. So everyone knows, hey, everything's going to be shut down for a while, stay home. Um, but we'll have to work through that. That's something we're kind of leaning forward forward, trying to uh,
1: plan for. We're talking with Sean Davis with Franklin County Emergency Management here on the Bottom Line News Radio six ten K O N A. Uh, anything else that you would like to mention uh, to our audience that we may ha- that, that we haven't touched on, Sean, that you think is important to get out to the community?
3: Yeah, uh, there's a couple things. So uh, in Franklin County Pasco School District and North Franklin School Districts have both been very uh, progressive, taking care of their students and continuing to provide meals for those students that need meals, Uh, you can always check their websites, Pasco School Districts, uh, psd1.org. Ben Franklin Health Department or Health District is the lead in our area in Benton and Franklin counties for this uh, emergency, and they have a uh, COVID-19 hotline uh, that's 460-4358. And their website is on point, usually updated at least a couple times a day, uh, and they're at bfhd.wa.gov. So those are two of the main places I would go to in our area to look for, for information. The other message is, just like me, I'm at home right now. If you're sick, stay at home um, and take a little... uh medical responsibility for yourself. Monitor your temperature at home if you have thermometers just to see if you have a fever. That's one of the indicators. Like I'm sick and I haven't had a fever at all and so I haven't gone in and I'm starting to feel better. Any little bit you can do to help the uh, nurses and the first responders, they are really, really working hard right now. So if you could do that type of stuff, wash your hands and don't be a hoarder at the grocery store. You know, we have preached and preached about two weeks ready Uh, and lo and behold that's kind of where we're at right now is uh, with uh, self-isolation for some of the folks that have tested positive that you should have a two-week ready kit if you have that you're good to go use that up and expires then go out and get some more but don't get you know 14 pallets of toilet paper so everyone else is missing out on toilet paper so those type of things would really help out the whole process.
1: Sean Davis, the Franklin County Emergency Management. Appreciate your time today, sir, and certainly um, wish you a a speedy, speedy recovery from whatever it is it may happen to be that's keeping you home. Uh, Thank you again for joining us today, and uh, we'll keep in touch.
3: Thank you for the opportunity, guys.
1: Sean Davis, Franklin County Emergency Management, and, you know, they're looking just like everybody else is, keeping an eye on situations so that... Um, they can assist the community in whatever way, shape, or form is needed. Come back with more of the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, after this.
0: Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the legendscasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610. Bottom line, News Radio
1: 610-KONA, 547-1610, if you'd like to get involved, a few minutes here before we welcome our next guest onto the program today, 8th Legislative District Representative Matt Benke, uh, who will join us to talk about some of the things legislative, legislators are discussing at this point in time. Of course, we know everybody's on the phone quite often right now, uh, but we do want to let you know there have been two new positive tests. Um... In our area that were announced earlier today by the Benton-Franklin Health District, we also can report to you that there was another death as well. Uh, that, was, that was yesterday was another death that was a post-mortem test. It was the first death. Yes. The first death was a post-mortem test um, that came across yesterday um, of an 80-year-old woman uh, that was living in a retirement community, who was taken to the hospital, passed away at the hospital, and was tested uh, post-mortem and showed signs of the virus. Two new positive tests today, both men, one in their 40s, one in their 70s. Uh, the person, I believe, in their 40s is recovering at home. The person in their 70s is hospitalized at this point in time. Um, but, I mean, what look, what we expected to see, and I and I think – That the what we have heard from different uh, leaders around the country, be they at the state or the national level, is as more tests are going to become available, we were going to see more people testing positive. Sure. Just law of averages, right? Absolutely. We are going to see more people testing positive. Now, when you look at our population of north of 350 million people versus some of the other countries that are on this list... You know, that's why I think Sean said accurately, we don't know where we are on the bell curve right now, you know, because we have a larger population than a number of the other countries that are on this list, so we don't know exactly where we're going to reach the peak on that curve. Uh, Right now, we've got over 13,000 cases, 176 deaths, 108 recoveries, 176 according to Johns Hopkins earlier today statewide? No, national. Oh, okay. We don't oh, have 13 d-
2: we don't no, have 13, no. Yeah, we don't have
1: 13,000 cases in the state.
2: No, no, no. No. The the reason why I gave you a, a funny face was uh, that the Washington State Health Department has just released their updated statewide numbers. Um so I wasn't sure what you were looking at. Um no, I was looking at the Johns Hopkins okay. board for the nation. Okay. Okay. Statewide, uh we are up to uh 1376 Positive cases, 74 deaths. Again, some perspectives. 74 deaths include 60 in King County, seven in Snohomish County, uh, three in Clark County. That's down uh, near Vancouver. Uh, we do have the one attributed death uh, that we mentioned from yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh one in Grant County, that was a, a a little while ago. There's one in Island County, uh one in Pierce County as well. But again, here are you know some things to keep in mind. The number of negative tests continue to be uh roughly ninety three percent, which means about seven percent. Um of the tests that are taken are positive, 7%. Um, So, yes, it's important to look at the raw numbers, the actual numbers of positive cases, as well as the number of deaths, no doubt about it, Uh, but just some perspective on the overall picture. Let's take a call really quick. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today?
3: My name is Dave. I'm from
2: Malawala. Hi, Dave. What's up?
3: So I'd like to know is the, the coalition between the coronavirus cases and people who've died from it versus the flu and people who've died from it from both the common starting place till today.
2: Yeah, I appreciate the call. It's a good question. Um, as far as like percentages, I, I I don't have that in front of me. I, I will effort to, to try to get that. Um, I can tell you that, again, going to raw numbers, still exponentially across the state or across the nation, rather, more people die from the flu than the coronavirus so far. Yeah, You know, I you have to have that caveat just because we don't know how much longer it's going to uh, be active in the United States, but still way more people, actual people. Uh, die from the regular influenza A virus than the coronavirus, again, so far. Percentage-wise, I, I don't have that in front of me. But it's a great question. Appreciate the call.
1: But the other thing to keep in mind, too, again, is we talked about the the flu before. You know, we there are a number of different strains that exist under each type. And so over the course of time, we have tried to figure the best way to target which strains are going to be prevalent which strains are going to pose, uh, you know, an issue. And even if you get a shot and don't get the strain uh, that it's protecting against, it's still 50% effective against the rest of them. We've gotten to such a point with the flu that we've got a vaccine. We're still working on it for this. It's in testing right now. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's entirely uncharted territory. So any comparisons to anything else, they're not going to be valid until we actually get through this, which we will, and the researchers and scientists are able to go back through and crunch all that raw data and figure out exactly, okay, this is where we were, this is what we saw, we really need to make sure that we are prepared the next time this comes around because it will. I mean, H1N1 has visited us more than once. So, you know, we need to be prepared for the next time it comes around. Back with more of the bottom line after this, We'll talk with Representative Matt Bankey from the 8th Legislative District.
0: Hook up with the bottom line on Twitter at BottomLine610. Now, back to the show, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser.
1: Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 k one a 547 is the number. Going to put that on hold for just a few minutes as we welcome into the program representing the 8th Legislative District, Matt Banke. Good afternoon to you, sir. Thank you for the time.
4: Good afternoon to you guys. Thank you very much and appreciate you helping us out here during this crisis.
1: So, Representative Banke, first question, does it feel like the session has ended with as much contact as you guys have had with Olympia?
4: <laughs> That's a great question. No, it hasn't. Actually, just continues to roll right into this and, and that's part of our job, though, is to make sure we stay vigilant and as leaders in our community to keep our community informed of what's going on at the state level and even the federal level.
1: So how much contact is we, – we know the governor is having practically daily press conferences at this point with different things coming out as far as certain things being limited here, certain things being limited there, certain asks being made of the residents of the state of Washington. Uh, how much – is going into these orders, edicts, and requests uh, with legislative input versus uh, the governor just kind of looking at what's under the state of emergency? Is he going from there, and then you guys are looking at it afterwards? Or has there been conversation between uh, House and Senate leaders and the governor in putting these plans together?
4: There's been a great question, by the way, because I get that asked a lot, even on Facebook. I appreciate people continuing to ask as well as reach out to my office, as well as Representative Clifford and Senator Brown, as a team, we are a part of that process. And what you were saying before is, we are actually invited in with the staff of the governor, as well as the Department of Health, uh, the Department of Commerce, uh, the financial institutions on the budget to help with this economic crisis. And in that process with the staffs, we're developing some of those ideas that are coming down. And a lot of that is in coordination with even representatives from the federal government. So with Representative uh, Newhouse's office, we're in coordination at that level to ensure what our package that we're dividing on and deciding on is going forward into these proclamations as part of that holistic process. I got to reiterate, it's a bipartisan effort. It's not Democrat or Republican. It's together as a team. And that's a good thing that we see throughout this.
1: We're talking with State Representative Matt Benke from the 8th Legislative District here on the bottom line. So we know, Representative Benke, the governor has made an ask uh, out of the Rainy Day Fund to help put money towards fighting this battle. Uh, we also know that there has been some relief ordered for small businesses uh, in regards to this. The real question comes in. We know that that projected revenue is is now going to come short. Of those numbers, has there been any discussion so far of a potential special session to address any funding deficits that could occur?
4: There has not, and actually we've been discussing to be on standby maybe next week if that is occurring. We should know, and I'll let your your guys know, as soon as we get any wind to make sure that we have to be actually physically in Olympia, start that special session, get the development of what's going to happen, and then go into our decision-making process. Currently, right now, there is no idea for that, but we're tracking this as we continue to ramp up to try to flatten that curve that everybody talks about to ensure what we're doing is the right thing fiscally as well as economically across the state.
1: Would they actually have you go to Olympia in this, or would they set up some way for there to be a a teleconference, or does there have to be a physical quorum to be able to get things done?
4: As of right now, it's supposed to be a physical quorum, but due to the cases of this virus they're looking at those alternative ways that you mentioned currently even when so I had a bill one of my first bills that came up uh, two days ago I was not even allowed to be in the same room with the governor even though we had the six feet distancing to ensure social practices are done right Um, we are adjacent to each other, but we had to be separated and ensure when he was signing that bill that we maintain those differences. So there's going to be uh, different discussions on the alternative ways we can do this that still falls in line with the regulations and the codes that we have in our Constitution for the state of Washington.
1: We're talking with Representative Matt Banky from the Eighth Legislative District here on the Bottom Line News Radio six ten K O N A. Representative Banky, most people were wondering at the governor's press conference yesterday if he was going to put any shelter in place edicts uh, following the lead of of California with what they've done in six counties. There's been some speculation in New York about that. Uh, would that be something that uh, you know? If you read the state of emergency. RCW and what powers the governor does have he has the power to impose curfews but it's a little vague on the power to actually shelter in place is that something that the legislature would have to discuss or does the governor have the ability to order that
4: as of right now we're looking into that so it's a great question because the actual city of San Francisco the mayor is the one who started that edict is what you were talking about I believe from down there in the Bay Area. Outside of that Bay Area, other mayors can do what they want and have done that, and they have that opportunity. So it's that division of really the responsibility under this emergency powers that the governor has and how much he can then, he can activate the National Guard if need be. But that would be under more of a case of a martial law. And I don't believe we need to go there at all. I want to be clear about that to ensure that we're not causing panic or chaos. We're in a state to ensure that we're following the best practice we can. And I have to say that some of the greatest people I've run across lately are those in our local area. I gotta think we have the best people in the world that can volunteer to do something like this to start such a great economy, to slow it down to almost a halt, and then start practicing these social distance strategies to stay at home, to try to flatten this curve. And I gotta really reiterate that we have some of the greatest people in the world that can do this. No other country has done such a tremendous effort that we're currently doing at the size of what we're doing, and then come out the other end, I believe, more successful than ever.
1: We're talking with Representative Matt Banky from the Eighth Legislative District here on the Bottom Line. So I'm going to go worst case scenario here on you, Representative Banky. Sure. There has there been a threshold discussed as to what point in time, or would it be just based on a, a, a situational basis? Say uh, King County where something like that would begin, and then based on what else transpires across the state uh, as to whether shelter in places come in, but there are people, and I've, I've seen it all over social media on the west side of the state, that are calling for the governor to basically lock King County down.
4: Right, and I, and I believe that getting the leadership involved at those different levels will have a threshold that we come up with. A lot of that is going to be in discussion with the health department of how fast this is moving. And I believe you see that when you're looking at thresholds to the safety measures that we currently have ongoing, and how much more effective can we be by actually instituting those kind of more stringent requirements on individuals. I believe what we're doing right now is taking effect in a positive way. I believe we're seeing that security of that, and we'll see that flattening of the curve that everybody talks about. So hopefully we don't have to get there, but there is a time and a place when that that is going to be in our discussion. Right now it is not. And we want to, I think, wait and see how the next couple of weeks are going and the impact of what we're doing is being that positive impact on our community and to stopping this virus.
1: Now, Representative Bengi there's a lot of false rumors that are flying around right now. There's a lot of misinformation that's being put out, whether it be on social media or uh, I heard it from a friend You heard it from a friend and heard it from a friend that this is going to happen. I've heard rumors that gas is going to be rationed to supply chains going to be disrupted that we're going to run out of food you know as a state legislator you are well aware of the condition of the supply chain in the state of washington tell us a little bit about the health of the supply chain where we sit and if there's any concern on the horizon regarding the the people being able to get things that they need during this situation
4: well, it's a great question because I'm getting some of those as well on Facebook and getting tagged on some places that I believe are still fake news that people are spreading rumors. And I want to make sure that we're not spreading rumors. We're ensuring we spread the right factual-based science that we see. And currently, to answer your question, our supply chain is the best in the world. We have a lot of stockpiles that are set aside. We have industries that are still continue to develop and continue to turn out. I know uh, between the – Safeway, the Albertsons that we're working with locally as well as Amazon and some of these stores that are utilizing the supply chains nationally are still at work. They're still making sure that we have the right food, the right uh, requirements that we need, whether it's toilet paper or other things that a lot of people think we're going to be running out of. We will continue to supply those. What we really ask for individuals is a calming to make sure they go in and purchase what they need, but not to overdo this so they can add, actually, more problems to the supply chain issue that you're discussing and actually just purchase what you need, talk about every couple of weeks, budget what you need to do, and make sure you actually add calm to our statement that we're doing today.
1: One of the things that we know, Representative banking that's gone on and um – you know, it's not often that we we come up with a lot of positives when it comes to the attorney general's office. But there were early reports of price gouging going on. The attorney general's office became very active in attempting to go after those price gougers. Correct me if I'm wrong, but by overburdening the supply chain, you encourage price gouging.
4: You sure do, and that's a great point. I, I like that you brought up again being a nonpartisan thing. That's what the attorney general is for. So if we see any of that locally. We want to make sure you let my office know, let Representative Clipper or Senator Brown know, so we can go ahead and affect that. But really, to expedite that, get it to the Attorney General's office, make sure we're understanding what's really going on across the state, and that we can stop that in its tracks where it's at.
1: We know that your office isn't closed, so that if anybody listening in the 8th Legislative District uh, has a question for you or feels the, the, the need that they want to take some of the information that you put out today and, and ask you a little bit more about where are the best ways for them to reach out to your office?
4: Uh, really, I'm glad you brought that up. You could find me online at, uh, and this is a regular Google search, of matt.binky@ledge.wa.gov. at ledge.wa.gov. That's my email. So if you spell that out to make sure you do it right. But, um, and then area code 360 760 7986 is our office number, and we're finishing up, uh, probably be stood up by Monday, a local office in here, right here in Kennewick. So I want to make sure that gets out as soon as I get that confirmation of where the location is and our office is up and running. My legislative aid is actually here in the Tri-Cities. We want to make sure we're most effective. We're here on the ground level. We're here with everybody else who are being affected by this. And as part of leadership, we want to make sure we're right here with you, arm in arm, hand in hand, and we're going through this together because that's what's part of a team. So I appreciate you bringing that up, and I want to reach out to everybody to contact us if they have any questions, and we'll get those answered for you.
1: Representative Matt Benke from the 8th Legislative District joining us here on the bottom line. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you feel is important to get out to our listeners right now?
4: Um, We're working with all agencies, and we appreciate every individual's that understanding the crisis we're under. Uh, I just want to make sure and reiterate, I believe Americans are the greatest in the world, and we always will. People talk about this being our World War II moment. This could be one of those moments that we'll look back on historically that we have to come through some sacrifices to make it even a better country than it is. I'm encouraged by the positive and resourceful attitudes that people have toward this, more than some of the negative stuff that are happening, and the collaborations, really the innovations, what I've been approached with across our city, across our state, and the innovative part that we're working together as a team to help everybody in this time of crisis. So, I, and, and you guys are a big part of that. So thank you very much for keeping the communication open. And if we want to continue to do this, I'm offered myself, and I know Representative Clifford Senator Brown at our time. We want to make sure we stay involved with our community. So I appreciate your help as well.
1: And we'll certainly be looking to you for as much information as we can get regarding what's happening with the with the legislature because we are in a time of uncertainty, and we look to our leaders uh, to help be able to provide us that information to let us know exactly where we stand in, in times like this. So Representative Banky, we appreciate you coming on the program this afternoon. Uh, you and your family, stay healthy, and we will talk to you soon, sir.
4: Thank you, sir. Again, stay healthy stay active and stay engaged in this process, but stay calm as well as we move through this. We appreciate everyone's help in in fighting this crisis. Thank you,
1: sir. Thank you. Representative Matt Beggy from the 8th Legislative District joining us here on the Bottom Line. More. A little bit more news to deliver to you when we come back. It was a little bit of a surprising day out of Olympia, believe it or not. Give us
0: your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now to the show, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser.
1: Bottom line news radio, 610 K-O-N-A. Almost finished with hour number one here on your Thursday afternoon. I want to remind you, there are a lot of local businesses out there right now that... Do serve the community on a regular basis, particularly when it comes to food and beverage that are doing a lot of curbside pickup and delivery. So just because we are being asked to social distance and just because we are being asked to spend more time at home and that restaurants and bars uh, are not really being permitted to have dine in at this point in time, it doesn't mean that you can't get a great meal from a number of the local businesses that are out there, be it walking in, picking it up, taking it home, or having a curbside delivery. Remember, your small businesses in the community, they are, even, even though there are attempts out there to try and provide some relief, the ultimate relief for any small business in our community, particularly those most impacted by this, is support from the local community in return. These are the same groups that help your kids' little league team, donate to the school athletic programs, help out the arts programs. Always are putting money back into the community. Now it's time for us to say thank you and put money in their pockets to help them get through this. Going to the going to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K O A. Your name? Where are you calling from?
5: Hey, it's Mike. You didn't think that you're going to be able to have a couple of days without me, did you?
1: <laughs> What's going on, man?
5: Hey. So they're talking about this stimulus thing, right? Yep. And Obama did this. Uh, George Bush did this. 600 bucks, whatever. What are your thoughts on, and I want to throw it out there, because you guys have a lot of listeners, and you guys have a chance uh, to shape the opinion and the thinking a little bit. Someone like me... I'm going to still get my paycheck. I don't need that money from the government. Right. So what I need to do is I need to figure out a way that I get it to the people that do need it. Now, that being said, the good old American way is uh, mine, 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 greed, greed, greed. Um, How do we get it out there to where that? You know, you soften somebody's heart up a little bit and say, hey, look, man, you don't need it. Give it to somebody that needs it.
1: You know, I think, Mike, a way to do it, because the whole idea of it is to be an economic stimulus. Now, they haven't all worked that way, particularly in in 2008, 2009, when a lot of people were out of work and they got those checks from the government. They just kept the money. They didn't put it back into the economy. They paid bills with it, which, in a way, you're stimulating the economy, but not really the way it was intended to. So if you do get it and they're not they're not, you know, portioning people, it's basically it's based on income level. When you get that money, put it into a put it into a business, put it into a local business. Eat out. Put that money if if you can afford to, okay? If you have the ability to do so because basically the way the rundown is, um it's going to be on income levels, but it's going to be $500 per child that's going to come along with whatever the the combined income is for the for the family or for whoever the parent is. Put it into it, eat out once or twice. You know, use it to put it into one of your local stores. Use it as an economic stimulus if you know you've got your bills paid, if you know that you're going to be employed. If you're going to get your paycheck like you are, and many other people are, if you're going to continue to get your regular paycheck, use that money to put it into the economy to help some of those businesses that are struggling right now.
2: Or uh, that's a great idea. Uh, Or if you're feeling a little philanthropic, you can certainly donate to any number of the charities that also are being set up uh, to help those uh, that are having a tough time getting through this. So either way, I I, I think it's a great idea, Mike. Thank you very much for the call that if if you don't necessarily need it, you might want to consider donating it slash using that in a local business or for a local charity.
1: All I'm going to say right now, and I'll leave it at this, I know there are some people talking about some things about possibly trying to do a little bit more. If things come to fruition, you'll hear about it here, but I know that there are a lot of concerned people in the community that are talking about ways to help, and right now it's, it's about getting a good plan together, and the best way to go about approaching it. But if some of those plans come together, you'll hear about them here on the program. And if you do want to do something philanthropic with that stimulus money, this could be an
2: avenue to do that. If we get the stimulus money,
1: if we get the, it has to get passed it's, first. It's an idea. Yeah,
2: don't everybody start. You know, yeah, it's not coming yet. It Mitch, yet. Mitch
5: doesn't have the votes.